Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you, Pastor Jared. I'd like to wish all the moms just a happy Mother's Day today uh, here as well as in Crookston. I want to just greet everybody in Crookston as well as all of our online family and congregation today. So it's, it's wonderful having all of just everybody here uh, today on this very, very special Sunday. Uh, as well as all the graduates I know here, I'm sure in Crookston, there's probably some graduates from the University of Minnesota Crookston and, and all of you that are here as well. Congratulations. Isn't that a great feeling to be done with that? I remember that. When I graduated, they gave me a special designation. Like, not, like they'd never done that in the history of the school. It wasn't magna cum laude or summa cum laude. Or, it was called magna cum lucky. So I'm not sure how I got that. But, but uh, at Freedom Church, we do things just at, on Mother's Day just a little bit different. And uh, I just want to explain uh, this to you. I think in, in past... Uh, you know, in my past years of ministry, I, one of the things that we would do is just at the end of the service, bring all the, the moms up to the front and just extol their, you know, their, their virtues and, and about their incredible significance and value. And then I realized that, that Mother's Day is actually one of the most painful days for, for many mothers and ladies uh, because of something they don't have or something that they've lost. And so uh, I was reading in Scripture uh, a number of years ago and came on Psalms 113.9, the Bible says that the Lord takes the barren woman and places her in the house as a joyful mother of children, praise the Lord. And God really spoke to me and says, Nathan, we've got to change this up, how you're doing it, and said just to really honor all the ladies, whether you're married or not, regardless of your child's status, if you have children or not, I want you to know today at Freedom Church, we are honoring you today. So we are so glad that you're here, and we pray that you will just be blessed we are going through a series of sermons entitled After the Fact, but today, this being Mother's Day, we're going to just put that on hold. We're going to get that next week. We'll get to that next week and just wrapping up in just a couple of weeks, but we're going to be looking to John chapter 19. It really kind of flows with this whole theme of after the fact, but yet it's not after the resurrection, but, but, it's, uh, but it's before. Actually, it's during the crucifixion. John chapter 19 records the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, here in this passage of scriptures we're reading, he's hanging on the cross, and there's specific words that he spoke while on the cross. And so John 19.25 says this, therefore the disciples did these things. I know we're kind of jumping in midstream, so you can read this afternoon about what were those things, but John 19.25, the disciples did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother, so he's hanging on the cross, excruciating pain, torment, as he's hanging on the cross, he sees his mother and the disciple whom he loved. This was the book of John. Who was the disciple that Jesus loved? It was John. And so he didn't identify himself by, by name, but, but the disciple whom he loved is known to be John. And so Jesus saw his mother and he saw John, the one who wrote this book of John, whom he loved standing nearby. And Jesus, while on the cross, says to his mother, woman, behold your son. Mom, here's your son, speaking not of himself, but speaking to John, the apostle. Woman, and that, that term woman, just so we know, that wasn't a derogatory term of, you know, if, if we said that today, woman, to address my, my mother like that, that wouldn't 
that wouldn't be respectful, would it? And uh, happy Mother's Day to you as well, Mom. I love you, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. But, but th that was not something that was disrespectful. He said, a woman, uh, behold, this is your son. Speaking to John, this, this is your son. Verse 27, then he said to the disciple, to John, and, and, and John, John, here's Mary, behold your mother. And then this last phrase, verse 27 says, and from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. From that moment on, the apostle John took Mary, the mother of Jesus, into his household. I think that's interesting. At this point, Jesus appears to be entirely responsible for his mother. And I think certainly the fact that Jesus was the oldest son certainly has significant bearing on this. After the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Joseph, Mary, or uh, Jesus' father, is not mentioned. He, he, he's, he's, he's not mentioned. And so at this point, he appears to have died. And as a result, Jesus, being the oldest son, now feels responsibility to provide for his mother's care. Jesus definitely has brothers. The scripture talks about it, even lists and, and names his brothers. But where are they? They don't seem to be present here. They seem to appear to be absent. And so Jesus, feeling responsible for his mother, instructs the, the disciple John, John, I want you to take care of my mom as he's hanging on the cross. Jesus' two statements, woman, behold your son, and behold your mother, as he spoke, I think they provide really incredible insight on what Jesus values. Think about this. At the darkest hour, at his darkest hour, Jesus hanging on the cross in excruciating pain with nails through his hands, a, a, a spear wound in his side, a crown of thorns thrust on his skull. It's at this point, in, in that type of pain, that situation, he's thinking about mom. The salvation of humanity hanging in the balance. People's eternal destination, heaven or hell, all hinges on this person, Jesus Christ. He's engaged in the most momentous undertaking the world has ever witnessed. And at this point, Jesus could have certainly been caught up in his own pain and in his impending death. At this point, he could have been caught up in the gravity of the situation, in his divine calling. Like, but this is what the Father's called me to do. He could have got caught up in all of these other things, all of his like, divine responsibilities, right? I mean, that makes sense. He could have done that. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at that moment, Jesus does not overlook his responsibilities he has towards his family. Rather, his thought is towards his mother and his responsibility in providing for her. Isn't that amazing? I don't know what that does to you, but like, I like this guy, Jesus. I mean, I like that. that, that that's something that I can latch a hold of. I mean, that, that's something that makes sense to me. And I think there's this, there's this vivid illustration through these words, these just, these just handful of words that Jesus spoke. And I think it's this, there's no duty, there's no work, no responsibility, no matter how important it may be, that can excuse us from the responsibilities that are due our family. That's what Jesus modeled. And here on the cross, Jesus gives a vivid, a vivid picture of the priority of family. Certainly my, my situation and my, my story is, is, is nothing as dramatic as that, obviously. 
But I remember early on, just in my ministry, when we began, and began in youth ministry, and then a, a few years later, we moved to a, a town that both my wife and I had grown up in, because Mary and I, we met very early. I was in fifth grade. She was in fourth grade. My father was the pastor to her family, and so we grew up together, and then after a short time, uh, after we'd been married, God, after college and graduating from uh, college, Bible college, God called us back to that community. And uh, I remember those days when our three boys were just these little stair steps, and, and uh, those are active. That's a, it was an active time. And I know you as parents, certainly you understand that. And I, uh, I, I look back, and I think there's probably, there was a portion in, that, in, in what was happening that, that in my just youth, I'm trying to prove myself as a pastor. I'm trying to, like, yes, I have what it takes. I'm, I'm really good at this. You know, I don't know if anybody else thinks that, but I got to prove to uh, everybody that that's what I think. And I remember one day reading through scripture and I came to the book of Luke, Luke chapter four, verse 25. And Jesus says in Luke four twenty-five, he says, but I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. Now, Elijah's a pretty great guy. I mean, he did some pretty amazing things. When I think of spiritual giants, one of those guys is going to be this guy named Elijah. I mean, he was a spiritual giant of Scripture. But I say to you in truth, Jesus said, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months when a great famine came over all of the land. The days of Elijah, this great famine, it doesn't rain for three years and six months. That's, that's a terrible famine. And yet, the Bible says, verse 26, and yet Elijah was sent to none of them, of all, of all the people that are starving, of all this incredible drought, of all the need that's all around Elijah. Jesus says, Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath, to the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. He was sent to this widow. Verse 27, and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha. Elisha, another spiritual giant that has this double anointing of Elijah. There was many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And I, I, I know you're probably familiar with this. There's times as you're reading scripture, and all of a sudden you just like stop, and it's like, boom, this like, this just kind of like, oh, this is for me. I mean, it's just like God is speaking to me. When I read those verses, what I felt the Lord spoke to me was, Nathan, there's needs all around you. And you can, never, you can never meet all the needs of all the people looking to you. You feel responsible for a lot of needs. But Nathan, one of these things, what I'm ultimately calling you to, I'm calling you to one wife and your three children. And that ministry is to flow from that rather than that, sometimes, you know, rather than that being a step to like the ultimate goal being ministry and, and families just to help us get there more effectively. But rather, says Nathan, I want you to focus on your ministry to your wife and to your children and I will take care of everything else. And for me at that point, that was something that was, that was, that was monumental. That was something that was, that was transitional for me. I never really thought of it that way. That, 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 that's, what, that's what he's calling to. Elijah was called to this, this widow of Zarephath. Elijah was called to one to one leper. And Jesus was telling me, Nathan, ultimately, all the people that you're ministering, I'm calling you to this one and to these three. Listen to what Jesus taught in the book of Matthew. Matthew 15 
This is from the New Living Translation. Some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus, and they asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition, for they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat? The Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, I got a question for you. Like, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat? Any germaphobes in the house today? Okay, you probably would have been, had the same question. I'm not saying you're a Pharisee, okay, okay, but, 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 but I'm just like, like, you probably would have had, you know, like, that's what it's saying. Like, why don't they wash their hands? Why don't they ceremoniously wash their hands? That's, that's what the law requires. And Jesus replies to these Pharisees, and why do you, he says, by your tradition, violate the direct commandments of God? He doesn't answer the question. He, he responds with the question. And why do you, that, 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 that your desire is to adhere to the law, is, is to, 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 to not violate the commandments of God? But why are you doing that? You are violating the commandments of God. For instance, verse 4, God says, honor your father and mother. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. That was Old Testament law. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you because I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. This is Jesus' teaching. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? There's these Pharisees like, why don't, Jesus, why don't your disciples, why don't they wash their hands? He says, well, let me ask you a question. According to your tradition, like you, you, here's what it says. Mother and father, you know, honor your father and mother. Whoever speaks disrespectfully is actually supposed to be put to death. So, so let me ask, why is it okay for you to say, I would, I would bless you, mom and dad, but, 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 but what, I would, what I would give to you, I've already given it to the Lord. So I don't have anything to give to you because I've given it all to God. I would give you time, but I don't have the time to give to you because I've given it to the, to the ministry. I've given it to you, to, to, to the Lord. I would give you, like, like, whatever it may be, money. I would be able to help you, however you, that, that you really need, mom and dad. But actually, I don't have it because I've given to God. And, 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 and Jesus says, like, like, that's crazy. You've completely missed it if that's what you do. He says, you, you've, you've missed it. In this way, you say we don't need to honor, their, verse 6, their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. I wonder how Jesus really feels about this. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you because he wrote, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are so far from me, they've completely missed it in their hearts. Because this is so imperative. This is so true. I think it's important that we understand this whole thought. Their worship, verse 9, is a farce because they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Wow. Amazing. Jesus affirms the priority of family in this passage of Scripture. And he says, don't, don't say, like, well, mom and dad, I would give something to you, but actually I don't have time because I've already given it all to God. I think our greatest ministry begins within the walls of our home. And I think our ministry outside of that is what spills outside of that. I don't think our marriages, I don't think our families are a means to help us to this ministry or to this position or to this job or this occupation. And so, so we treat our, our spouse like a hired hand and enable us to help to make this thing work over here. I think God says, what I'm calling you to do is that, that you minister to this one this husband, this wife, these children, as though you're ministering unto me, and don't, and don't, don't give them the leftovers. 
Don't give them the leftovers. I remember one day, this was again a number of years ago, we were not pastoring at this church, there was another church in South, uh, excuse me, in North Dakota, and it was the craziest thing. I woke up one morning, it's never happened before, and it never happened since, but I woke up one morning, and I remember thinking, Nathan, I, I, the only thing I can explain it is, is I think this was, I think, well, I, I believe God was speaking to me. And I woke up this morning, and the thought I immediately had was, Nathan, today, you're going to make a very significant decision. Like, okay. And again, that's, that's never happened before that, and since that moment, it's, it's never happened again. I know there's been you know, significant decisions I've made, but I've never woke up in the morning feeling such a sense like, like today, be aware, you're gonna make a really important decision. And so it was, it was immediately before Christmas. Uh, in the church that we were pastoring, it was very, very busy. Lots of Christmas activities and productions and, and you know, big, big, big Christmas productions. And so it had been really busy time and, and with our, our kids and their activities really busy. And the only thing that day, I was gonna to go to work, and then that night, uh, we had a pastoral staff, we had multiple staff, pastoral staff, and church board Christmas party. And so that's fun. We're gonna hang out together with all the staff and, and, and just really celebrate and, and you know, gift exchange and food and, and that, all that kind of thing. And I, 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 it was after that, a, a few days, it was kind of a busy couple of days, and then after that, I, I believe that was, the, we we're gonna go down to Arizona uh, for my folks' uh, an, uh, 50th anniversary, and so it was a real busy time. And uh, so that's just how it was. And like, it's gonna be busy, and, and so I remember Mary calling me on the phone, and she said, honey, our youngest son was Ben, and she said, Ben is really upset. Well, why is that? Because tonight's the only night that we could be able, as a family, to celebrate Christmas before we head to Arizona with all the family, and he's really upset that we're not gonna have time to do that as a family. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's too bad. And the thought came to me, Nathan, tonight, today, you're gonna make a really important decision. And I said, Mary, why don't you tell Ben, tell the kids, Mary and I are not, the mom and I, we're not going to the Christmas party tonight. We're gonna stay home, and we're gonna have Christmas together. And it wasn't the 24th, it was, I don't remember, some days before that. And so I called our business manager, Les, and I said, Les, I just, I just want you to know, you can tell all the other staff, you can tell the all the board of directors of the church, I just that, that Mary and I will not be at the staff and board Christmas party tonight. And he said, you're not? I mean, it's kind of understood, right? I mean, like, I'm kind of leading the church. I'm kind of, like, supposed to be there. And I said, no, we're not going to be there. Oh, and he was a very kind person. He said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him. And can I tell you something? Looking back at that moment, the only regret that I have is I should have taken the whole day off and given it to them, to the family. Because I have no regret, because can I tell you something? Those, those people do not call me pastor anymore, but those three boys still call me dad, and this beautiful lady in the front row still calls me Nathie, I mean Nathan, excuse me. Excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. and I, I was, was not gonna reveal that, I, I, I'm sorry. But anyway, she still, <laughs> she still calls me dear. But those people don't call me pastor because I'm not their pastor. It was for a season. 
That's what Jesus, I believe that's part of, and, and again, have I gotten it right? Mom, I know you're watching, and I'm, other family are probably watching, and man, it's, it's not, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't gotten it right through the years, believe me. But I just know in my heart, it's like we really, Jesus, through the cross, you're calling us to prioritize the relationships of our family. And that, the, that, that our ministry to them is of, of paramount significance and priority. Mary and I both come from great families, not perfect families, but great families. We know that God has called us into pastoral ministry. That's not something that we've debated. We know that's what God's called us to do. And to be honest, our, our thought and feeling in that is to use our calling to bless our family, our, our, our immediate family. And so as a result, I've uh, done numerous funerals of family members, numerous weddings of nieces and nephews, and I always feel honored to do that. And, and as, as much as I'm able to do that, we, that, that, that we're able to, we will always prioritize that because we feel that our family should be blessed because of the calling that, that I share. I know that's our calling. That's not, that's not all of our callings. But yet, in spite of that, whatever calling that you may share, I believe that, it's, it's, that, that the bottom line is this, God how can I be a blessing to my family? For, and I'm not saying, again, that, that we have it all together. We certainly don't, but I know what our discussion has been. I know what our prayers are. And our prayers are, God, would you use us? God, would you use us to be a blessing to our families? Lord, regardless, regardless of what they're going through or what we're going through, God, we want to be a blessing to my, our parents and to our siblings. God, regardless of the situation they may, be, they may be going through, God, we want to be, Lord, we want to be there for them in this moment. Regardless of how they may be acting, responding, treating other family members, however it may be, we've determined we will be that bridge for them to come back to the family, into the family. We will be that bridge for them to come and experience Jesus Christ and to come in a relationship with the Lord if that's what's necessary. We, we, Mary and I have determined, we will be that bridge our faith is not, a Sunday, is, is not just limited to a Sunday morning, but God, through the help of your Holy Spirit, God, it will be something that will impact our, sibling, our parents and our siblings, our children and our grandchildren. That's been our desire. And I would ask that you would just say, pray about it, like, what's God speaking to you? I know with families, there can be so much baggage, can't there be? There can be so much drama sometimes. And sometimes you just gotta like lay it aside and say, I'm gonna be the bigger person and God, I will be an extension of you and your presence to my mom and dad, to my father-in-law and mother-in-law, to my brothers-in-law, sisters-in-laws, brothers, sisters, whatever it may be. Lord, I, I'm gonna be an extension of your presence and your heart and your mind to them. And I believe the whole, the whole rationale, it's all based on this thing when Jesus, hanging on the cross, again, the most momentous situation this world, setting this world has ever known, and he says, Mom, you need to go be with John, and John, this is your mom, would you please take care of her now, because my time is about done, and from that moment on, Mary was taken care of from the, because of the apostle John, because of a son of what Jesus had done for her. And I think that's really significant and important. Moms, I know that typically on Mother's Day, you come to church and, and 
I've done this many years, and preach a sermon on the value and extolling the virtues, the significance of motherhood. And I think that's in part in this message today because how Jesus prioritizes his mother. But today's maybe just a little bit different. I know that today, ladies and moms, there's nothing more that you value than, than families. And today, my desire is that this message and this, this, these thoughts that I've shared today in some way would be a gift to you and your family, to your children, your grandchildren, your spouse. Say, Let, guys, let's, let's, let's do what we can to put our family in proper perspective and priority. Let's pray. If the band wants to, Andy and the band wants to come today. Father, so we come to you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just acknowledge you today. Lord, the significance that you displayed, the value that you displayed while on the cross of your mother. And Lord, I don't think that was just accident or just some whimsical thought, but Lord, I prayed. I just, I know that, Lord, it was something with incredible intent, Lord, because dear Jesus, your mom was on your heart when you were on the cross. And Lord, help us to not ever allow whatever responsibilities work, Lord, to take away. But Lord, may we realize an extension of our faith, Lord, and really the testing grounds of our faith is seeing in our home, Lord, with those, Lord, that are closest. So Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I want us to do this if we can stand. Pastor Joel, we're gonna go separate from Crookston at this point, but if we could just stand together today. Can we just sing this chorus? What's God speaking to you? What's God speaking to you concerning your family and your home today? What's he speaking to you? Let's open our hearts to, to uh, listen to what he's saying to us. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.